Lord, we come before you because we desire to be in your presence. Speak to us. May the words of scripture enliven us so that we realize that we understand you in a deeper way and it will change our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want to welcome those of you who are watching online, who are in the community center, as well as all of you here. This is good place to be on the Lord's day. It is good to come together to hear what God has to say. I recently heard about a four-year-old who was riding in the family car in the back seat, eating an apple. Daddy said, the child, why is my apple turning brown? His father carefully and thoroughly explained. Because after you ate the outer skin off, the meat of the apple came into contact with the air, which caused it to oxidize, changing its molecular structure, thus turning it a different color. There was a long silence, and the child asked softly, Daddy, are you talking to me? <laughs> Sometimes that's the way we feel when we read the Bible. We hear those strange sounds and ideas, and we want to cry out like the little boy, Lord, are you talking to me? What are you wanting, Jesus? Are your words really relevant for us today? After all, you know, we live in a different time than you did. I mean, after all, you lived on earth, but it was a very long time ago. That was then, and this is now. Do you really understand my life today? The pressures, the problems, the stresses, they never existed before. The more we understand who Jesus was and is, the clearer, more personal and engaging we will discover Jesus to be. Jesus, the Son of God, Savior of the world, the one who came from the Father so we could know God through the life, the suffering, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. Oh, yes. Jesus understands us better than we know ourselves. Our joys and our sorrows, what makes us laugh, and what breaks our hearts and brings tears to our eyes. The best way to understand who Jesus is, his nature, his character, is to look at what he says about himself. And after you've heard and read, then check and see if it's consistent with your Jesus experience and the Jesus experience of others who claim to bear the name of Christ and call themselves Christian. Since June 9th, we have been looking at the I am sayings of Jesus. And I do think the best way to understand Jesus is to look at his own words and his actions not someone's best-selling ideas. Let me encourage you to take the time this week to reread the I Am scriptures that we've heard so far. 
Download the I Am Sermons or listen online to the podcasts. Maybe pick up a paper copy in the lobby. I did that in preparation for today. And I can tell you, these sermons are even better the second time around. Now, you'll notice Scott's not here today, so make sure you tell him I said that. (laughs) Seriously, God's Word is always fresh, always needful. We need it to survive. You know, I discovered that I missed some things the very first time. Do you know, I believe that happens because the Lord has a new message for me at this moment in my life. For you at this moment in your life. It was for me a needed reminder that Jesus knows me, knows each one of us intimately, has a plan unique to each one of us, and desires for us to respond to his nudging. My friends, the creator of the universe, of all of life, loves us, calls us by name, walks with us, encouraging us, guiding us, all wrapped up in compassion and mercy. One thing we can be certain of, God is relevant always. The psalmist tells us he neither slumbers nor sleeps. Wherever you go, God is there. No matter what you're doing, God is there, not at some great distance unknown, but as close as the air we breathe. The I am statements of Jesus help us to be aware of whom God is and how God relates to us as we follow and learn from Jesus. The words and actions of Jesus point to the Father so that the readers might believe that Jesus is God incarnate, God in the flesh. Jesus is the Son of God the Father. Look at Jesus and you will see the character and nature of God. This week we hear Jesus' words, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. How we love to eat bread. Especially when it is fresh and warm. Is there anything better than the aroma of baking bread? Mm, mm, I digress. The basic food staple of the world is bread. As we consume bread, it gives us nourishment and energy for our physical lives. So when we consume the bread of life, Jesus, we also are energized, our physical lives, as well as our emotional lives. This bread, this bread of life that Jesus is, is the best bread for the whole world. It's infinite love for all people, infinite compassion, infinite justice, infinite peace. But Jesus is never just bread. Jesus is always the bread of life. As Jesus is absorbed in every fiber of our being, he gives us life, he gives us direction, love, 
the fullness of life. Jesus is the source of life. Jesus is the source of the values of our daily living. Jesus is the pattern of love for our daily lives. But today's scripture takes the breadth and the depth of Jesus as the bread of life. Jesus is now the source of eternal life. Jesus claims to come down from heaven, a phrase that the people of that day understood to mean he is claiming to be God. And then he added a very scandalous phrase, belief in him means living forever. I love how the Gospel of John records the people's response to what would have been heretical claims. They grumbled. Seems rather meek and mild. However, we know the extent of their ire. Jesus was eventually put to death. Four weeks ago, Scott asked us the question, what do you hunger for? He reminded us that we are a culture of appetites. Today we learn that what Jesus gives satisfies, but not only now, but forever. Life with God equals eternal life equals forever. Did you know that the Greek root for eternal life and forever are the same? Two all-encompassing words, and they change everything, don't they? Do you believe Jesus? Do you believe Jesus? Our series is, I am liar, lunatic, Lord. We have to choose. Jesus can't be truthful one moment and lying the next and still be Lord. It really is for us all or nothing. And if that's true, what do we do to grow our faith and trust in Jesus? The diet is Jesus, the bread of life, who came down from heaven. Belief in Jesus gives eternal life, life forever, Jesus tells us. Very clearly, there's no mistaken Staking what he said. So let's ask the question again. What do we do to strengthen our faith muscle? In our humanness, we desire to control our lives, to be happy, to be successful. You fill in that blank that's important for you. Can we choose to trust God? Can we choose to trust God? I think we can. I want to suggest three ways to respond to Jesus' invitation. He's saying, come, believe that I am from the Father and that I am the bread of eternal life. I'm calling it the perfect diet. Daily equal parts of scripture, prayer, and community. You have to choose. And we are a culture of choices. So much of our time is taken up by making choices. I'm often left feeling overwhelmed, agitated, discontented when there are too many choices. Who would think we'd be discontented when there are too many choices? So I often then will choose nothing or I choose everything. 
I am really the kind of person that wants to go out for dinner, have a huge menu, and have the person tell me, but we're out of everything except this one thing. And then I can say, that's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> Did you know I went to buy some paint, wanted just a nice neutral color like white, went to Lowe's. There are 350 shades of white. And that goes along with the 210 kinds of cereal on the Safeway cereal sh shelves. Now, really? Do we really need that many choices? You know, and sometimes we're just not wise in the choices that we make. I heard about a young adult who was having a good time playing football with his friends, and one of them thought it would be funny to get out handcuffs and handcuff the fella and throw away the key. They couldn't find the key. So we thought, well, if I have to get out of handcuffs, I know where I'll go. I'll go to the police station. Now, police stations, if they see somebody coming in in handcuffs, tend to think there's a reason you're in handcuffs, and they're not going to immediately take them off. So they looked him up on the trusty computer and found out that he had two outstanding traffic tickets. <laughs> he went to jail wearing his handcuffs. Not a good choice. So what can we do? What is the prescription for learning to trust Jesus? First, be in Scripture. What can we know about God through the I Am sayings of Jesus? A lot. There's a lot recorded in the Bible. We've been hearing about it for weeks. Study and know the Bible. There we read messages of love and hope, meaning and purpose, all things that we so desperately want in our lives. Here we see that Jesus seeks a relationship with each and every one of us. That's the longing of Jesus' heart. We'll know what we were created to be, what God's best intentions are for us. Choose to use some of your time in Scripture. Second, choose to be in prayer. Go for prayer after worship. Maybe it's reconciliation, wholeness, emotional, physical, or spiritual healing that you're seeking, forgiveness. Maybe it's a celebration of something that's just been great in your life and you want to say, thank you, Lord. Attend anointing prayer services, prayer days, prayer ministries. Have intentional quiet with God, talking and listening. Use devotional books. Develop spiritual habits, listening, journaling, fasting, spiritual direction, individual or group. As Scott suggested, listen for that voice that may not be your voice, those thoughts that may not be your thoughts. They probably are God's thoughts. Choose to spend time in prayer. Choose to be in a worshiping community, the community of faith, this faith community, in all its diversity is God's good gift to us. What a blessing. So many relationships are developed here that are a source of God's presence and comfort throughout our lives. God is with us in each and every event. Every person, when we come together, we grow stronger in our faith. We are more together 
in loving, trusting relationships than we could ever be on our own. Through community, we come to realize that God is personal. Choose intentionally to stay on this diet. The results are worth it. And how does this kind of diet live in real life? Many of you have faced some of the worst tragedies imaginable, and yet you have said the Lord's presence in Scripture, in prayer, in community has given me strength, comfort, and hope. I've seen God bring good out of the darkness. So I want to share with you the story of the butlers, Michaela, John, and Noah. They had one of those unspeakable, terrible tragedies in their lives, expecting the birth of their firstborn son and finding out that his problems were not compatible with life. So within a few days, they ended up burying him. But Michaela and John have told us over and over again of the difference Noah meant in their lives how their lives are forever changed, and it's hard, it's really tough. But they have experienced God's presence in the midst of the tragedy. And I think it's because if you know Michaela and John, they are people of prayer. They dive into the scriptures. They have held on with all they can to this community of faith. Listen to an email that Michaela sent to the staff talking about their experience. I thought about saying something in person, but I pretty much knew that I wouldn't be able to keep it together and get the appropriate words out, so an email will have to do. Thank you for all your fervent and powerful prayers, for your notes of encouragement, for spending time with us, for listening, for your kind words and hugs, for baking us treats, for welcoming our tears, our laughter, for loving John and I so sincerely and deeply, for honoring Noah. Never have John and I been so grateful for the church community or experienced it so powerfully as you have. You literally surrounded us with hope, and protected us from despair and continue to do so. We are walking through this loss moment by moment, trying our best to navigate through the new normal without Noah. And we need you now more than ever, so thank you for your continued graciousness. Praise God for you. We know more of his goodness through you. Your prayers... The scripture verses that you shared, your presence changed their lives. Michaela said so clearly this statement of faith. We choose to trust God in this difficulty. We choose when all else fails to trust that God is good and loves us and loves Noah. Noah is now with the Father. Can you imagine what that's like? What will it be like for us who follow Jesus to be brought into God's presence? I think it will be something like this. Watch the video. 
Daddy. Daddy loves you. Daddy <laughs> loves you. Daddy. Yes, here. Can you hear Daddy? Get in, get in his face. Daddy loves you. That's a little boy that was born without the ability to hear, and there was a new a procedure that was done. So for the very first time, he was hearing his father's voice say, Daddy loves you. That's the message I think we will have when we come face to face with God. Daddy loves you. Lord Jesus, comfort us with those words. We choose to believe you, to trust you, that you are always with us, loving us, being for us what we cannot be for ourselves. Thank you for the gift of life and life eternal. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.